It's our third and final free play episode of Season 4 of Downloadable Content. So what from the world of video games will we discuss here? You'll just have to listen in and find out, as per usual, next, right here on Downloadable Content. downloadable content i'm brian and it's a short panel today we have ron hey everyone and only ron it is as i said very short panel but that's okay get all slow and intimate with our viewers here yes we don't have uh, we don't have a big huge panel people talking over everybody which occasionally is a nice change Mm -hmm, a little bit sometimes uh, I, I do enjoy the, the the huge panels where multiple points of debate and disagreement and all the, those are fun too. But occasionally, it's a nice change to go go from the five you know the four or five person panel down to just Ron and I. It's 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 quiet. It's cozy. Usually shorter too, which would be nice for most people too. I bet. Yeah, and you know it's it's just as fun. We'll give you our perspectives on other gaming news that have been going on through the summer. So, before we dive into it, let's get the usual plugs out of the way. You can get downloadable content through a variety of places on all episodes. can be found on iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. You can get a hold of us with a variety of different ways. Facebook.com slash DLContent, at Twitter at DLContent, on Tumblr at DLCPodcast.tumblr.com. And through email, dlcontent1 at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts on this episode, any other episode, or you have ideas for future episodes, let us know. We do take uh, requests and ideas. We, we take them into account. We have done fan-suggested episodes before, so let us hear them. All right, I think I got our, all our bases covered. So, uh, Ron, I will open the floor with you. We'll All right, s- we'll switch it around a bit. Yeah. Okay. So recently, um, Twitch did a couple major changes to how they handle a couple things on their um, storage devices for like previous broadcasts that people had done. Now, previously with Twitch, what would happen would be if you wanted to save a um, a stream that you did, all you do is click a little little box in your broadcasting settings. And they would save the stream no matter how short or how long it was. And then you could highlight parts of it if you wanted for future posterity or make it easier for people to see. Um, now, I don't know if you know a lot about video file storage or things like that. It takes a lot of space. Like a lot, a lot of space for like any decent quality video. And with how much video 
that is broadcast on Twitch. There's fraud. They they here. I'm trying to look at what they describe that. Um, they mentioned that um, I'm quoting there that 80% of their storage capacity is filled with past broadcasts that are never watched, and that's multiple peta flops for a video that no one has ever viewed. Now they do have a little link to what a peta flop is. That's a lot of space. Yes. That's a ton of wasted space. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, getting the conversion on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm looking at the conversion. I, I'm like... Uh, okay. So, we know that 124 gigabytes is a terabyte. 1,024 terabytes is a petabyte. So, that's a lot, a lot of storage. For, like... Just, like, one thing. Um... And so to make it easier for, well, I shouldn't say, well, I shouldn't say easier. To make it cheaper for them, I would have to imagine. What they they did some studying and see how long people would go back and watch archives and things like that. What they used to do was that you could keep it for almost an infinite. Um, now that what they're doing is for VODs, the VOD of a prior broadcast will stay up for 14 days. After that, it will be automatically removed. Now, and then this is for people that don't have a, um, what they call a turbo subscription, which is basically like you pay them five bucks or ten bucks a month, and then you get some, like, ad benefits and no ads and things like that. Um, and if you have turbo, you get this accident up to 60 days. Um, so, I, I mean, like, this is, like, one of two things they did. Like, this one I knew was kind of coming forward, because... Like, I just, like, knew the logistics, like, I know the logistics of, like, storing of video settings and things like that, and having that much storage space that's literally being used for nothing but storing videos is a pretty big waste of money. I mean, I, I can so kind of see uh, where Twitch would, I mean, this, this move kind of makes sense. I mean, if nobody is accessing the archived streams. Yeah, well, they, what they had, what they have... Um, basically, they show like a little graph here. They they had the viewing life cycle of a fast broadcast, and they show that most people watch it within the first 14 days of a prior broadcast. And then after that, they show it dropping off and going to 60 days, where it, like it's a big drop off, and then eventually after 60 days, like almost no one watches it. So that makes some sense. So I'm fine. Like I knew this one was coming, and I wasn't terribly surprised by this one. And, and they do they do allow people to export the videos so that way you can see them to your computer or you can load them onto YouTube. So that's always a nice option. They explain like how you can do that too. The other change that they announce is that this affects um, they're going to be using a third-party music technology scanner. Now, what happens is usually with streams. If something is licensed, like in the music industry, they usually don't... They, it used to be that with video gaming, streaming the video game itself, like the video of it, is by and large okay because you aren't claiming... Like, you, the person that who owns the game, are claiming ownership over it. And that, or at least the like 
I own the game, I want to show people how I'm playing the game, things like that. And they're okay with that, by and large. For third-party music, for example, someone's playing League of Legends, and they have a Pandora station going in the background so that people can listen to some music when they're playing or waiting in between games or things like that. Now, that always was a little bit of a sticky situation because of how the music industry loves handling its copyrights and things like that. The recent change they did is that with this third-party software, if a um, detects a music file that is quote-unquote flag content, basically something that is in their library of um, like songs or whatever that are copyrighted and have been tagged as we don't want people listening to this when it's not on like a radio station or on iTunes or something like that. They will mute a 30-minute block of the of a of a VOD uh, the, of a prior broadcast. Um, this is a similar thing I know that uh, YouTube uses to like either like flagging um, videos or things like that. And this is one that a lot of people were very upset about with with some good reason and that's where a lot of the anger is coming out because I've read some of these articles about the changes Twitch is making and um, it's the music one that's got a lot of people up in arms uh, a lot of it because you know people are naturally pissed off that oh here comes the music industry again you know with their lawsuits and their you know all that fun stuff um, but also, and Twitch has already begun implementing this, the software is called Audible Magic, that's, uh, that's being used to see about identifying copyrighted, uh, music. The problem is that it's giving a lot of false positives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, they implemented the, like, both the, 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 um, the, the past storage limit date and the, um, Audible Magic on the on the past broadcasts, they they implemented this August sixth, and basically there were within an hour there were links all over the internet of Twitch muting their own videos, Twitch muting the international, Twitch muting people playing um, speed runs, pretty much them muting an entire the entire OSU um, game. Um, for those who don't know, Osu is a rhythm, uh, rhythm music game similar to like Guitar Hero or Rock Band. Only you use your uh, mouse and keyboard to play. Right, and you know there even um, there was I'm trying to remember because there was an opinion article um, on Polygon uh, related to this as well. It, I mean, it's it's flagging in-game music. And, yeah. And, you know, because apparently, I mean, I don't watch you know, a lot of Twitch streams, but um, apparently it's a thing where people play Spotify as background music over the games they're playing. Yeah, that's mainly just like, because um, people can get so tired of hearing just the game music over and over again. It, um, generally speaking, 
music will get played when you're playing like League of Legends, Counter Strike, Dota 2. Uh, I'm just gonna go look at Twitch right now, actually, and just give you an idea of like when I would see people, um, like playing, like music. Yeah. Okay. I, I found the, uh, the the piece in question. Um, the composer for the game that's on Steam, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yeah. Yeah. The, the composer started receiving notifications that his music was being muted on his own videos. Uh-huh. Mind you, this is a game that came out literally the day before, I believe, this was implemented. And he's just one guy. Like, he made the game pretty much by himself, to my knowledge. Yeah. And... He's literal, literally, literally next day, he's getting notifications that his videos are being flogged. Yeah, and the thing is, he doesn't want his... I mean, his own videos mm -hmm. are being flagged for, for copyright, and he's trying to tell Twitch and, you know, Audible Magic, like, hey, this is mine. Don't flag it. Yeah, I'm giving I, permission. That, like, this is part of the game. Like, the whole part of the game is it's a rhythm dance RPG. Which it's is, like, is which is kind of cool in and of itself, but um, like don't flag this. People can play it as loud as they want on their stream. It's fine with me. And then there's it also raises the issue of you know this particular composer, uh, Danny Baranow Danny Baranowski. He's also done music for Super Meat Boy and The Binding of Isaac. Um, just as a mm -hmm. just as a fun fact, but. You know, he wants his music out there. And the issue that gets raised here is, you know, if you are the if you are the copyright owner of that music, th this software has basically taken ownership from you by flagging it. Yeah. And, and it, 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 it muses the entire stream for 30 minutes. Like, it doesn't just block the music, it blocks the game noise, it blocks the person talking... It blocks whatever happens in the game itself. It, it's a very, very annoying thing because then you have literal like, um, trying to think of thirty a, minutes uh, of nothing. Yeah, thirty minutes. It's a little thirty minutes of nothing. Like they linked a video, like pretty much the day of this happening, and there was a person who had streamed previously, and he had Pandora going on a station. This was before the announcement had happened, as he had streamed early in the morning in terms of U.S. time. And the announcement happened at like one or two p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, and he basically just streamed from like nine a.m. to to one p.m. and went offline just before the, the announcement happened. And it was like a four-hour block, and the only parts of his um, stream that weren't muted were times where he had actually turned off the um, music so that way he could talk to like the the. Um, the community in terms of like people that were in his chat. Every, everything else was muted. It was, it was like a two and a half hours of just silence interspersed with like 30 minute chunks of him talking to um, chat. And you know, I understand that Twitch is trying to protect itself from the big bad music industry, which is notorious for its draconian and frankly stupid uh rules on, on copyright and things like that. I mean, let, let, let's get one thing straight. I mean, if you are using copyrighted music, you know, 
it, there, it, there's there's a gray area, you know, bordering on illegal, especially if you're making money off of it. I mean, yeah, that that is the law. I mean, we're not arguing that. I mean, it, it's a gray area. Incredibly. Um, my thing is that this is just my opinion, so take it with the grain of salt for however you like. We are not, from what I see whenever I watch a stream, we are not claiming ownership over the music itself. This is like the broadcaster. They're not claiming ownership over the music itself. All they're doing is playing it. Like they, More often than not, they even have a little banner going saying, here's a song I'm playing, here's the artist. There's usually a thing that you can scroll down to and say, hey, here's my playlist. If you'd like the music that you hear, go support the, the person who made it or the, the group or whatever. Um, like, we don't claim ownership of the music itself. We're just playing it because we want some background noise on our stream so that it's not just us playing a game and all you hear is us talking and the video game music. And the way Twitch has implemented this system, it's kind of basically a scorched earth policy. It's like the moment it their software picks up anything that could be copyrighted. Yeah. So like you could be gonna you could stream for an hour and then um, have silence for the first twenty five minutes, and your phone goes off, and you, the um, uh. Radioactive from the Imagine Dragons comes on your phone. That's your ringtone. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And then that first, the entire 30-minute block will be muted. Yep. Like, that, that first 30 minutes is, is just muted, first from that ringtone. And they actually they actually have video episodes that happening, too. Yep. Um, Where people have had, like, just... They're just playing a game, and, like, no, no music other than the game audio and them talking, and then their phone will go off on accident. And then that entire 30 minutes is just muted. Yep. So, they're definitely... I know Twitch, obviously has received plenty of flag for it, and I, I, I do believe that um, as of this particular recording, they are working to address that because that's been the biggest problem is the false positives. Yeah. Um, and pretty much the... for, for speedrunning games, like the speedrunning community, pretty much their entire video catalog was just muted almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Um... And that's like a big issue with the streaming, like the speedrun community. And they're trying to like work with the speedrunning community, and then they got to work with um, League of Legends people, and then they got to go work with um, Dota people and things like that. Like they're even their own stream. Like they have a Twitch has its own little streaming video called like the Twitch Weekly, where they talk about like. Um, changes they've done recently to their systems or um, new announcements or sometimes some major news event will happen in terms of gaming news and uh, they also will do it for um, a couple things too and like they use their own like custom in-house music and things like that and that was muted because that's copy because that's got that's, that's their own copyrights they copyright it and the system reflect it <laughs> It's like, yeah, you get flagged for your own music. That That's rich. Yeah. It's like, uh, hey, this program that you're using is not the owner of co of the copyright. Back off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do you solve something like that? Um, 
I, I'm looking at some of the comments and some of the articles related to this. Uh, there have been suggestions of, you know, implement like a Spotify-like system where, you know, when the music is played, you know, if it's copyrighted, like game music, then some, you know, royalties go to the composer or the developer. Yeah. And then, but then it gets into even more of a legal gray area in that you're literally paying them, but Twitch is a relatively, I should not say it relatively, like, they're a decently big company, but they still don't make enough money overall from ads to really truly pay for, like, their own operations. Like, from what I know of Twitch's internal workings and things like that, They've been in the red almost since launch, and the only reason that they've been able to stay afloat still is the fact that there's just so much traffic on the site now, in terms of, like, they're, they're, like, they're almost hitting the black, and that the investors are okay with, like, being a little bit red, because the stock value and the publicity of Twitch itself, they're expecting to eventually make it to the point where... Even this, if this thing is just one gigantic money sink, the publicity from it will outweigh the 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 couple ten thousand or hundred thousand dollars that I sink into it every year. There's also been thoughts uh, to suggest that the reason why Twitch is doing this now, um, as opposed to when they first started, was that they're getting it. It's getting ready to be bought by Google. And they want to be in line for, you know, a, a potential buyout from Google. Yes, that's possible. Um, yeah, th this was also a rumor, too, um, that Google, specifically the YouTube branch of Google, had recently made it a bid on Twitch for $1 billion. It's a B, not an M. And... That again, this was, this was like an unconfirmed rumor. We had this rumor previously in April. Now we had it popping up again, and it's August. Although this one seems a little bit more concrete, and then all these changes happen, so people are like, "Yeah, this basically just means YouTube just watch Twitch." So unofficially, officially. So we're kind of waiting for the shoe to drop in that sense. And I mean, the the thing is, I mean, the the audio copyright system that Twitch is, is is now using needs to be heavily tweaked, and Twitch is very aware of that. They've gotten a lot of angry feedback. And they've now implemented a system where you can appeal a flag. Mm -hmm. um, they're also hoping that with better, like, once it's been tweaked, and once they can use that extra storage space, that they can maybe break it down into like maybe 15 minute segments instead of 30 minute segments or even shorter like they're trying to ideally they're trying to get to the point where only five or ten minutes the video is going to be muted basically just to hit the outlying offenders of the songs in that entire chunks of the video of 30 minutes so that'll be nice but again that's going to take time and like i understand why they did it is basically just to protect themselves and not get sued out, out the door by the music industry. I just wish that they had given a like waiting a day or two for people to like 
say pull the videos off their um computer or off the the the, the Twitch servers and or or edit them personally or things like that. And not just be like, here's our announcement. Oh, by the way, it's already been implemented. Yeah, the, the way they went about it was a bit ham-fisted, and uh, deservedly so. Got a lot of oops. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I would not. I don't. I think people, if they had done it where they announced it Wednesday, this gets implemented on the 11th, August 11th. This would have been people time for people to discuss it, think about it. Make edits. Um, make edits, like make edits to the to the thing, um, or and like they have an option where like people if they want to try it out early, so that way we can like sort of like quote unquote beta test it and give it a first little trial run, see how it's going to work, how it's going to flag things on like popular videos, things like that. The broadcaster has an option to do that, and that way they can like try and tweak it before it even goes live. Like I think that would have been a better solution. In terms of better publicity, at least. Um, instead of, oh, here it is. Yeah, instead, instead of it being, here's the announcement, and by the time, and by the time you're done reading the first word, this thing's already been implemented. So, I mean, obviously, you, you cannot use co <coughs> excuse me, copyrighted music that's illegal, but, I mean, there are loopholes and fair use and things like that, and... If, if the Twitch community had some advanced warning, then maybe the negative backlash would not have been so high. Yeah. Um, they did do a um, AMA on Reddit on their own like little uh, Twitch community thing. Yep. Um, the next day, uh, which eventually got enough like publicity that they moved it from the Twitch site itself to the... Um, the actual third party, like Reddit AMA site, to quote unquote like be more third, be more neutral than having it be moderated by Twitch people. Um, I was trying to find exactly what. Uh, uh, here we go. And it was and the person who did it was Twitch CEO um, Emmett Shear. Yep. And so we get some. Things, uh, some things that got noted from it was well, the CEO admitted that they done fucked up. Yeah, the CEO admitted like, yeah, we like um, here. Number one, two, uh, number one, they have no intention whatsoever of bringing the again. Like this is the major thing that he pointed out that people didn't seem to notice it immediately. This does not change a live stream. You, there at the moment they are not muting a live stream if you play music during the while you're streaming live to a person or yeah. to an audience. This just affects past broadcasts that they store on the system, where they can use the third-party software to to do this. Basically, um, they have zero intention of muting in-game music. Now, right. but again, but because the in-game music is part of a copyright. They have it's um it gets it's because it's it gets muted so pretty much anything Nintendo related it gets muted Fallout Three I know got muted um Arc Arena of Time that's a Nintendo thing um a couple other games got muted too yeah um I mean obviously you don't want to mute in you know in game music because it's part of the game 
Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, it's part of the game, and yes, it might be subject to copyright, but it's in the game. If you're going to mute part of the game, you might as well black out the screen. It's part of the game. Yeah. And yes, they did make it abundantly clear that they are not muting live streams. Just, yeah. just past uh, streams and past uh, clips. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they, they, the CEO admitted that they should have announced this ahead of time, and yes, they are, are they are working to fix the problem of the false positives because you know, as you mentioned, you know, Valve's Dota channel got muted, Twitch's own channel got muted. Yeah. So. And it was kind of awkward. Um, and again, though, they're trying to be more precise with it, and hopefully, with the new storage, they can. Uh, like the, the new storage space that they'll soon have, maybe they can be a bit more precise with it too. But it's still a uh, pretty uh, big change. Yeah, I mean, I know YouTube has a uh, YouTube is not as draconian. I mean, there have been instances where you know some of the episodes I've uploaded of downloadable content to YouTube, you know, the pieces that I occasionally use in the intermission uh, get flagged. Yeah. But nothing really happens. I just have to actually acknowledge that this is a valid copyright claim and go from there. Occasionally mm -hmm. you get false positives. I mean, and also on, you know, just undownloadable content when I edit uh, for um, any episode. I mean, I always mention, you know, um, in the text, you know, all the music used belongs to their respective copyright, you know, developers, composers, what have you. Um, if it's if it's music I use, particularly from Overclocked Remix, I always give them a link to the site. You know, things like that. I mean, we do try to, to cite our sources here. Yeah. But, you know, the way Twitch handled this was was a uh, was a bit screwy, and I'm I'm glad they're working on it. I don't know how much uh, goodwill they're going to get back from Twitch users as a result, but we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, moving right along, go. Oh, wow, we spent like 25 minutes talking about that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But important stuff, you see. Breaking stuff right here on downloadable content. Um, another article I saw in the last day or two. Um, I don't play World of Warcraft, but I was not aware of how large the subscriber base actually is. Mm -hmm. and, and World of Warcraft has been going on for, what, 10 years now? Just about, yeah. And so I saw the headlines, like, World of Warcraft saw a drop of nearly 1 million players in the past three months. And I'm like, okay, well, how many players do you still have? They have about 6.8 million. Mm -hmm. Which, for a game that's been around 10 years, is still huge, I would think. Yeah. Um... It's still one of the largest in the U.S., at least. And Blizzard does not seem to be worried about it in the slightest. They're like, "Yeah, this is this." They're like, "Yeah, we knew this was coming." However, we're we're releasing uh, we're releasing another expansion soon, and those numbers will go back up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the upcoming Warlords of Draenor expansion. Yeah. And I, I was just I was just overall just impressed at just. How how a game 
stays relevant and still interesting 10 years later. That many paying subscribers. Yeah, because they have not changed from their pay-to-play subscription model since launch. They may have reduced the cost briefly or a little bit, but that's about it. Um, I mean, I, I can probably understand why it's the game still has mass appeal, and uh, even though I've never played it, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that after 10 years, there's probably a very strong sense of community. Mm-hmm. By and large, yeah. I mean, even though, I mean, the game is also rife with uh, assholes. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's an MMO, so they're going to be in any any system or any game that you play. Yeah, that, that, that's true. But, I mean, the sense of community, the guilds, you know, and a lot of people have, have friendships and, and ties to that game. So, but, the, the, but almost 7 million people after 10 years, that's pretty impressive. I mean, yes, their highest was around 12 million. Yeah, 10 or 12 million, that was around time. Um, I think that was around when they did their whole... Um, Deathwing and Cataclysm thing. Yeah, uh, the article that I'm I'm reading here from Polygon says uh, that happened around 2010. That got its record high of about 12 million. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, well done for Blizzard to keeping a game relevant. And I know that there have been attempts by other companies to try to be the Worldcraft, you know, destroyer. Like, wow killer and crap like that. Yeah, the wow killer. Uh, Square attempted a few times, and uh, they still haven't learned. Mm, yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy XIV is doing decently. Um, I think they're still boasting a 2 or 3 million player subscriber base, which actually, considering it's a... That's actually not that, that, not that bad. Considering that the 14s had launched previously in 2010 and failed spectacularly. Mm hmm And I'm looking at, uh... uh because Final Fantasy XI, which was initially, you know, Square was gonna... This is gonna be the WoW killer. Mm hmm You know, Final Fantasy XI came out in 2002. So mm -hmm. here we are 12 years later, and... While it's still going, I can't imagine it possesses anywhere near the base. I think they're at 500,000 or a million, if memory serves. And most of those are people that have, like, are going to stay with it until they take the servers down, basically. Or until they say, like, we're done with the, um... Uh... Like they, 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 as far as I know, they they have stopped updating the game in terms of like no new contents coming out for it. We'll be doing like bug fixes and things like that, but like we're not we're done making content for it. Yeah, the um, there was the, the most recent expansion came out in two thousand and thirteen. Mm -hmm. It came out. It's it's the um, it was the last game ever made for the PS two. <laughs> and. As of as of current numbers, there's still roughly between uh, 200,000 and 300,000 uh, players, active okay. players. Yeah, so I was a little over. I was a little overestimating then. You you were a bit eager with your estimate there. But 
You know, 12 years later, Final Fantasy XI still has a couple hundred thousand active players, whereas World of Warcraft, you know, 10, 12 years later, has still 7 million. So, yeah. Square, I think you failed a bit. <laughs> in your... Uh, Only a bit. In your, in your boasting that this was going to be the WoW killer. I'm actually surprised, honestly, that Square hasn't shut down the servers for Final Fantasy XI. They might be making an announcement on that soon. I mean, the, f the funny thing is that Squ the president of Square Enix announced uh, in June 2012 that Final Fantasy XI had become the most profitable title in the entire Final Fantasy series. I'm like, well, duh, if it's a, it's a, if it's a pay subscription service. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's kind of like, well, that's going to happen. If people are playing every month, but but now I'm curious, when did World of Warcraft actually come out? I want to say 2002, 2003. World of Warcraft came out 2004. Okay. So Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 11 came out before that. Yeah. So the wall killer didn't even exist back then. So. Yeah, okay. Let's see, it came out in Japan. Oh, it came out in Japan in 2002. It came out in the United States uh, a year and a half later. It came out in 2003. Okay. So, so yes. So Square, you know, with its, its big, huge... Um, you know, attempts later on, and I mean, obviously, the amount of of online games have have only grown. I mean, you have many, many people playing Warcraft. You have many people playing League of Legends and Dota, and all of that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> the interest is there. It's only grown. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't mind getting in on some of these games if I had the money. I know League of Legends is free. I know that. Quote-unquote free. <laughs> Quote-unquote... It, it's free to play, isn't it? It's free to play. Like, they, don't, they don't stop you from buying anything, but... It's like, spend $5 here, $5 there, and then the next thing you know, you spend $500 on the game. Well, that, what was that? In-game purchases? Little microtransactions? Yeah. Okay. It is like it, again, like it's all optional. You can like the only thing in the game, to my knowledge, that you cannot get without spending actual money on are um, skins for champions. Okay. Everything else in the game you can buy with um, the in-game currency. Got it. Okay. But I mean, it do it does not cost anything to actually play it. So correct. Other than you only need an internet subscription, basically, or, or internet subscriber. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's through. I think you, you can get that on Steam, or through Valve or some manner of play. No, I think you get to download the client itself. There, I, to my knowledge, there is no Steam option for League of Legends. Oh, okay. Alrighty. Well, in any event, I know that League of Legends is incredibly popular. I know that I had a classmate. Uh, I had an art student you know, who enjoyed drawing characters from from League of Legends. She absolutely loved it, and she's uh, mm -hmm. 
So I'm like, ah! Another art student who's also a gamer. Excellent! They do exist! Yes, we are a rare breed. They, they do exist. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Good. So, I think on that lovely note, since we've gone about 40 minutes already, we are going to close this first half on that note. So in our second half, we'll bring up some more stuff going on in the land of video games and the video game industry. So, in the meantime, you will have some music, as is our custom. And we shall return. You're listening to downloadable content. We'll be back. Welcome back to our third free play episode of this season. Downloadable content still, still here. Ron has not gone away. Mm, nope, not yet. Not yet. He hasn't. He hasn't gone off. Uh, he hasn't been muted. He has not been flagged by a uh, by by Twitch's I, program. So or YouTube or any of those things. So you cannot be silenced. 
Yeah, do not keep him down. So if you actually heard nothing but silence for the first half of this episode, uh, check your volume control. Yeah. Because uh, we, we are not silenced on this episode, mm-hmm. or any episode for that matter. So we will continue the open discussion, so we will shift the floor back to Ron. Mm-hmm. I know that um, when you showed up on the first free play... Uh, you were talking about the Dota 2 championships, and we and the episode went up uh, shortly before that. So if any mm-hmm. any of you out there in the wide world of the internet listened to that episode, um, you may have watched the championships. Um, you might not, but I know Ron certainly did. So I will let him give you the uh, the overall tone of the tournament and the goings on there. So there you go, Ron. Take it away. All right. So um for the for the international itself, it actually was a overall, eh. other than the finals, um, I felt that the tournament was very good in terms of like the um, games played, um, some of the innovations we saw, and like the response to the innovation, things like that. The reason why I'm a little bit disappointed in the finals is that in the finals we got two Chinese teams, newbie. Uh, and VC gaming. Um, and the main issue with this is that VC gaming went into the um, the main event, which is like th- the top eight bracket basically, with a very specific strategy. In that um, they had a very early game oriented team, where they were looking to get as many objectives in in the game before like the 20 minute mark because that's where their team's main like synergies and power power spike was and the and the hope of the of the of their or, of their team basically was that if we can breach the high ground which is basically getting into the opponent's base within the 20 minute mark we're going to win if we can't we're going to lose there is no plan b is either do this, or we're not going to even get anywhere near to winning a, a late game situation. So it's kind of an all-in strategy. Kind of, yeah, basically. And then the other Chinese team, who was newbie that they had faced, they beat him previously in the, earlier in the tournament, and VC fought their way through the losers bracket. And then newbie beat him again with this, even when they tried doing the same strategy, just because newbie knew what they were doing. And oriented their teams such that their power spike happened within the first 25 minutes. So the games were basically decided in the first 10 minutes, and it took another 10 minutes for them to be won proper. And it was very, very boring, methodical. Like, this team is lost. We know this team has lost. We just have to wait for them to actually lose. And. Compared to what had happened previously, where we had games going anywhere from 17 minutes to 90 minutes to base races to major team fights to teams barely winning, it was it was a major disappointment for a lot of the viewing, the the non-Chinese viewing audience. Yeah, you know, and you know. I did not watch a single second of this tournament, but th- the final apparently was so underwhelming that it actually made it to Yahoo News, 
which is what, what when I am like, okay, anytime anything video game related makes it to Yahoo News, it's like, okay, what happened? <laughs> yeah. What, 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 how did this get into the mainstream, um, mainstream news? So I, I looked, I, I checked it out, and first of all, I was actually... When I mentioned that ESPN should should be carrying this, I, I meant that as a throwaway com comment. I didn't actually expect it to happen. Yeah. They uh, did. They <laughs> did. ESPN3 broadcasted it. I did not expect that at all. And so, I mean, ESPN, obviously, if you are in the United States and you've not heard of ESPN, uh, go back under your rock. Um, you know, it's the biggest sports network in the country and Cape sports network yeah and you know okay showing that e trying to show esports to a wide audience that might not otherwise know about it or even care and you know, the final match was apparently from from what i read incredibly one-sided and mm -hmm. incredibly underwhelming and that you know disappointed a lot of people and you know i'm looking at at this from a, a different perspective because you know i'm also a sports fan you know i love baseball i love tennis i like i'm in you know casual hockey and and soccer fan and but you know knowing and, and i've I watched the major tennis tournaments and Shit like this happens all the time in a single elimination tournament bracket where you could have great matches leading up to the final. And while you hope that the final is going to be number one versus number two, sometimes you get to the final, you know, two people making it from different ends of the bracket, and the final match itself is completely lopsided and totally underwhelming. And that is the risk you take when you have a bracket-style elimination tournament like that. It, I mean, it, it's just a risk that takes mm -hmm. place. Un I mean, it, un it unfortunately had to happen, you know, during a, such a large tournament. And, you know, ESPN, you know, which this was this was an honest, legitimate attempt to try to get esports into, you know, get, the Western get, audience, basically. Basically, yes, and to have your your flagship, your final match, be such an underachieving, underwhelming, totally boring thing that probably is not going to leave a taste, a good taste in people's mouths people who might not have otherwise been interested and you know it's unfortunate but I, I'm, I'm I would like to think that ESPN and Twitch and Valve had to know that this possibility could have happened they knew it was a possibility they were aware of it they they, they were aware of it they were accepting of it they just really hoped that it wasn't pot that, that, that it wasn't gonna happen they are because with how Dota works, there's a so many champions, so many like interchangeable things you can do, so many plans you can do. It was very disappointing to see one team run the exact same to, to use a football term. They ran the exact same play for like 15 to 20 games, 
you're going to get figured out pretty quickly. And the and especially when the people that you would usually run the, the play against are people in your own like um, China usually is very um, insular in terms of the teams. So when you have probably used this strategy against another Chinese team, they've probably seen it. They've probably beaten it. They probably figured out how to beat it. And we were proven that fact that the, the Chinese, yes, the, the newbie, yes, they've seen this for, yes, they knew how to beat it. And then VC just did not deviate in the slightest from their goal. Like they said, like we're gonna keep running this this one this one strategy until we either win a tournament or we get kicked out of it, and that's basically what happened. I know when you and I were talking about this on Facebook right after the tournament ended, you had made mention that you know I kept trying to bring up the point that if this if one if such and such team uses the same strategy over and over again, eventually someone's gonna figure it out. And you and it was during that where you brought up that yes that that could be true, but the playstyles of Western players versus you know Asian or Chinese are so vastly different. Yeah, in, in China, in in China specifically, they tend to do a lot of these like fast pushes, basically what the strategy is called. Where you try and get as, as many objectives as you can as fast as you possibly can, like, like you said, like an all kind of an all-in strategy. And if you don't get a certain number of objectives by the first twenty minutes, you're not going to win. And this is a this was a, a a pretty common thing in the Western, or I'm sorry, not in Western, in in the um, in the China Dota scene. But it's not a very common thing in the Western scene because. By and large, Western scenes tend to value champions higher in the sense that like take a little bit of scaling to get good. So that, um, or they try and have a what, what I would call a quote unquote well rounded team in the sense that like you have champions that have a good early game spike, you have a champion that's gonna, or I'm sorry, a hero's gonna have a good early game power spike, a hero's going to have a good mid game spike, and then you have someone that you can quote unquote carry you, or that you carry through the early and mid game, so that way they get to the late game with their items and their gold, and then they can just dominate with their their, their scaling, basically, with the items. And they tend to value team fighting, and um, team orientations, and team rotations, and um, like cooperation in, in a sense, more so than the Chinese teams. I mean, don't get me wrong; like the Chinese teams do do cooperate, and like it's five. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a multiplayer game; like you're gonna have to cooperate with other people. But like, they tend to, with the Western teams, value like uh, cooperation in the sense of like. We know that some some of the champions, the heroes we pick, will be weak in the early game, but we're trading that early game weakness for a late game power, and we're gonna work together to make sure that we can get to that that late game without being so far behind that we can't come back, even when we, if if we even do reach it. And the the this fast push strategy. Is, is is known in the Western scene even before the, the international happened 
but we but they never really acknowledged it being a thing because they thought, oh, it's just a Chinese thing. It's not going to be an actual thing that we have to worry about because our our quote unquote late game will be so good that we don't have to worry about um, scaling the uh, their early game push team, even if they get most of the objectives that they want. And then when they get to the tournament, it ends up being no. You actually kind of need to practice against this because they they've they've perfected this to the point where your your late game thing may counter it, but you need to bring it into such a late game that if you mis make a mistake between that twenty minute and that sixty minute mark, you're going to lose the game. So, I, I still maintain that eventually. Western gamers are going to figure out a way to overcome it. They probably will. It's just going to be a case of like some more tournaments with Chinese teams will have to be played like in against Western teams for them to figure it out. And it's just a, like a case of we just need to wait for that to happen. Because I mean, it's it's like when I was a kid and I used to play fighting games with 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 other friends of mine, and they just mash the same move over and over. Like eventually, I'm gonna figure out how to overcome that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I suspect that you know when you have more tournaments like this, more you know, someone is going to figure out how to overcome you know the all-in quick you know. Mm-hmm. And again, like the reason why people never really gave it much thought was China's very insular, and they thought that their mid-game and late-game compositions would be better than the early game composition. They just didn't put much stock into how strong the early game team was. And then it was broadcast for all the world to see. Mm-hmm. And, and then and at the end of it, everyone was just kind of like, well, shit, now what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there were games that happened previously that would, were, were like, if you want to see an exciting match... And being like, this is how I should not say this is how, but like, in a general sense, this is how most teams tend to play Dota. I would, I mentioned this to you on Facebook, I would point you to like three or four different games and not even touch the finals and be like, here's these games, go watch them if you just like entertainment and like major fights and very close fights and things like that. So, I mean, are there other tournaments of this scale? I mean, you, um, you follow them much more than I do. Yeah. So. Um, the upcoming soon for League of Legends, they're having the League of Legends Worlds Tournament, which is basically like all the teams from around the world meet up, or like the top teams from around the world meet up, and um, they 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 duke it out for the to be the the um the, that that season of League of Legends champions. Um, we're currently. The, the North America is finishing up its playoffs soon. Um, Europe is finishing up its playoffs soon. Uh, Korea is currently in having its finals soon as well. For And then they have to do some like tiebreakers for people determining how they get into it because it's based on like um, with, how League of Legends, with how League of Legends handles theirs. They basically have it be like the top two or, two or top three teams from like each region. Um, so you have, like, the top two or top three teams from North America and Europe, and then you have the top, top two or three teams from Korea, and then the remaining teams are made up of a mix of, um, South America, Southeast Asia, which is 
like Australia and New Zealand and Japan and things like that. And then they have uh, China get, gets a couple invites as well. It almost sounds like World Cup qualifying. It's, it's kind it's kind of like that. Um, and then after that, they get sixteen teams. They basically do uh, four groups of four, uh, and then like the top two teams from the groups will go into a top eight bracket, and then they kind of duke it out from there. Well, good. I mean, I, I mean, I obviously, you know. Eventually, I will have the time and, and watch some of these because I do occasionally mm. see Twitch, and I'm sure they're really fascinating entertainment, like any other, like like a, a sporting event. Yeah, like any uh-huh. other. So yeah, StarCraft Two just actually just had its um um pro league end as well. They did that a couple of days ago. They just finished up the pro league for uh, StarCraft Two. So did South Korea win? Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> South Korea won. Um, <laughs> The, the specifically the reason why this is I mentioned this is because StarCraft Two by and large has kind of been on the on the down on the downward trend, like lack of interest, like lack of innovation. People feel by and large that certain um, races are overpowered and need and they either need to nerf them or buff the third race. Um, but the reason why I mentioned this is because. Um, the pro league is like a multi-month-long thing. It's a team or it's a team competition in the sense that like you have individual players because StarCraft is a one-on-one game, but they they're all part of a team and that's a team going up against each other. And for this specifically, it was um, SKT, which is South Korea Telecom, and then KT Rolster, I believe, is what the organization is, and they're both the major. Um, telecommunications companies in Korea. And, they, and this is like a very storied rivalry between the two that has been going on in South Korea specifically pretty much since um, they, they they got involved in, in esports. It's like the Yankees-Red Sox of the video game world. Basically. It basically is like the Yankees-Red Sox of the video gaming world. And that... Um, the um and they had some very good games be played, uh, and it sounds like the numbers were pretty decent. Like they had hundred thousand people at least um watching the, on on China on like the Chinese stream that they had like another thirty or forty thousand watching on Twitch. And mind you, this is them what like Twitch is basically broadcasting this, and it's three or four a.m. in the U.S. So like the worst viewing hours in the U.S. and it's like primetime TV for Korea. We don't even know who, what the new numbers are for Korea just yet, but it's got to be pretty big, I imagine. Just as a complete aside, I wish that there was something in place, kind of like you know, set set up something like the video game Olympics. Comes around once every four years, you know, and you in in this massive you know, sort of convention center or something like that. Gamers from all over the world, and you have each, you know, each event is a different game. Like... They have that. Oh, they do? They have that. It's called the World Cyber Games. It's the absolute dumbest thing I've ever seen. Okay! Alright! Shows how Um, much I know! (laughs) Okay, so brief history aside, World Cyber Games came about in, like, 1999, 2000, somewhere around there. It was a yearly thing, what would happen would be like you basically get like the top 
you basically get like, the top teams or the top players from like various countries, and they'd all play the various games. Like you'd have like the Warcraft people, you know, the Starcraft people, things like that. It was so poorly run, so poorly mismanaged that they basically ran themselves into bankruptcy. And then, it's, and then, and then they decided, in their infinite wisdom, to get themselves out of bankruptcy. We're not going to do any more video gaming tournaments per se. We're going to be doing mobile games. Well, that sucks. Yeah. So I, I think they might still be around, but but it's. It's basically, like, by and large, ignored. Well, you know, have it run by somebody competent or some, you know, committee, you know, that's competent, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, expand it so that, you know, you have, you know, all these separate events. You have, you know, like maybe, you know, the top player, you know, like Super Smash Brothers or Mario yeah. Kart or, you know, a sm- you know, small Dota tournament, uh... You know, th- Mortal Kombat, you know, fighting games or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, give out medals for, for each. And see, like, like again, like this is kind of an issue with um, I shouldn't say an issue, but like this is an issue with the scene is that you can give out like medals and things like that, but it's not going to get you like quote unquote recognition in the co- country you're from. You need to have a a prize pool of some kind to get people to, to come. I don't know. Have you have you ever watched the actual Olympics? Yeah, I've watched the actual Olympics, and all they get from it is the, is the medal. But again, like this is not because it's not a quote unquote accepted sport. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like you, you need to have a prize pool of some kind attached to get the teams to come. But you can't have them spend take a week or two weeks out of their out of their schedules when they've probably been set aside time for, like, practicing or preparing for other tournaments. Okay, get a medal and some cash. All right. Yeah, you need, you need a medal, you need some cash, which is what World Cyber Games did. It was still just, like, one of the worst things. You, you, you just need to have a group or, you know, somebody have to run, run it better. You, you, need, you need someone smart to actually manage the money, and they did not have anyone smart to manage it. And also, you know, you don't want somebody corrupt like FIFA to, uh... To, to handle that, so... Yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. Well, good! So, the, the, the eSports scene, is, you know, the Dota Championships are long since done, but there are others coming down the pipeline, so, and I'm guessing all of them can probably be seen on Twitch, provided they're not muted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> by, by and large, most of the eSports events that you'll see from here on out will probably be on Twitch, unless, like, um... Something major happens where it goes on TV, which I don't see happening in the near future. Like I said, you know, does League of Legends have in-game music? Yes, yeah, and they have cool. their own. Some, they they have had their own um, videos muted too. Yeah, so. I, mean, I was gonna say, like, you have this this big huge tournament coming up, and it's gonna get muted. <laughs> you might want to get on that Twitch. So, all right. So, moving on, I have a, a couple of pieces of, of interesting news, um, which I saw just very recently. Uh, one of the big names at Bioware, Casey Hudson, um, has left Bioware. So, we have another instance of, you know, big name leaving the AAA part of the video game industry. Um... 
I don't know if he was... I'm, I don't think... He, did he run um, Bioware, or was he... I mean, I know he was pretty... He was an executive producer. Okay. And so he's gone, which, um, you know, again, he was largely uh, influencing and, and helping to make the, the Mass Effect series, not to mention um, other games. He, he spent uh, his entire career at Bioware, 16 years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was uh, an artist on Neverwinter Nights. Um, he was a project director on Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So, you know, he's moving on. Uh, to what? I don't know. We don't know if he's going to, you know, start his own studio or start working for an indie developer somewhere like uh, Ken Levine, formerly of Irrational, uh, wants to do. Uh-huh. Um, some of the, the remarks and commentary as a result of this news... Uh, is been with, you know, some have been, you know, positive, you know, thanks for everything you've done, and then you know, have the other side are comments from people who are still incredibly butthurt over Mass Effect 3's ending, and it's to those people I say, just let it go! <laughs> yeah. Let it go already! <laughs> for mm -hmm. fuck's sake, it, have you not played a bad game ever in your life? Anyway... I've already, yeah, uh, I've already raised yeah. it enough. Um, in, since we're kind of sticking with let's just stick with Bioware briefly, they've been doing a thing recently. I don't know if you're um, get like any sort of like um, news from Bioware or not, Brian. But they've been doing this thing recently where they're doing like little like teaser videos on YouTube and like you've been chosen dot com or something like that, where they're probably going to announce one of their new projects or new new gaming ideas. At um, Gamescom this upcoming week, they said they they're, they're working on a new IP. So yes. I, I'm I'm curious because I already know that the next Mass Effect game is already well underway. Yeah, they they said that they're working on it, which is not surprising. And you know, the next Dragon Age is coming out this November, I think. Yep. Um, but basically, what they're 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 um. With these videos, it's all this very... I'll try and link you with one or two of them. You can watch them in like 30-second videos. You can see them very quickly. Um, but it's all very, like, weird... Like... Some supernatural kind of looking things. Interesting. Uh, let's see... Um... Alright, this is the most recent one that they linked, that they sent out, in terms of like an email, YouTube link. Alright, well let me have a, a watch here and see what we got, because I haven't seen any of these yet. I didn't know they were doing uh, these little teaser things. Yeah, you can watch the other videos that they've linked, I think, on the channel. They have got another two or three. Yeah, they got another two or three. If you want to watch them, but... Yeah, I'm watching the, uh, the one right now. Hmm... Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, and they're all, and the other videos that they have are very similar looking things in terms of like, something very creepy is going on with these people. We don't know what. And, ooh, spooky. <laughs> I wonder if they're, they're going to dabble in a little bit of survival horror or just 
plain, I'm, bizarre I, I, science fiction. I'm, I'm kind of half expecting, honestly, something like a like a new world of darkness kind of thing, where it's uh people are awakening to to new powers and that they're gonna find out that they, that um there's already a supernatural world of, like under, hidden underneath our quote unquote normal world. But I don't know. It, again, like we're kind of expecting more news on that in uh, Gamescom, which is this upcoming week. Although, well, hopefully we'll get some more of that. But again, looking through the comments of this of this particular teaser, they're still basically like, "Oh, it better not be what you did with Mass Effect 3. I'm like, "Come on!" Yeah, it's just people are you're not people, people are butthurt about Mass Effect 3 still, and the game's I'm just, oh, two man. years old. Oh God! Let it go, people. Just let it go. Um. But anyway, well, I certainly look forward to to hearing what what Bioware has to present. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be very interesting. I hope. Cool. Um. Another piece of news that I'm sure most of you out there in the wide world of the internet have seen by now. Uh. We're getting some video game-based Monopoly editions. Mm-hmm. Which, for me, I mean, I... Monopoly is my favorite board game of all time. I grew up with it. I love it. I own eight or nine different Monopoly sets. And, you know, I know that it's the same damn game. They just change the skin. It's like Madden. Um... <laughs> But mm-hmm. but we we've got some news that the United States is going to get a Legend of Zelda themed Monopoly, and a Pokemon themed Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Europe is going to get an Assassin's Creed theme Monopoly. Yeah. And you know I for one am, am a you know Monopoly lover that I am. I'm I've already pre-ordered the uh, the Legend of Zelda one. Yeah, I, I probably would get the Legend of Zelda one too, personally. Uh, the only thing that I don't like about the Legend of Zelda one is that it's a GameStop exclusive. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. I don't want to give you guys any more money. I don't like giving you guys money. You do things with it. Mm hmm. But. Uh, oh, oh, speaking of games, I don't know if I'm supposed to mention or not. Um, supposedly. They're going to GameStop's going to start paying you more money for your used games now. Yes, yes, they did. Yes, they did announce that. Um, they're they're going to get rid mostly of their their silly gimmicks and promotions. Okay. And they're going to you know increase trade-in values. Um, not enough for me to still. You know, I can still, in most cases, get more money on eBay. Mm-hmm. From selling a game, then GameStop will give you. I consider GameStop kind of like the college textbook store of yeah. video games. Yeah. You buy a game for sixty bucks, play it, bring it back to GameStop. They'll give you five, 20, you know, maybe, maybe five dollars for it. Five to ten. If it's if it's brand new, sometimes you'll get twenty or so yeah. for it. Then they'll go around and resell the game for fifty bucks. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. No, go to hell. Yeah. Um, to get back on point with the Monopoly board, I'm looking at the um, 
the Kotaku has shown what the um, little board pieces are. Yep. You have the Triforce, you have the Hyrule Shield, you have the Bow and Arrow, you have the Orcarina, you got the Hookshot, and you got the Boomerang. And obviously the unit of currency is going to be rupees. What else? Mm-hmm. It's, you know... The, the bank is, is, a, is a literal treasure chest. Yes. And I think the only thing that would make it better is if there was an embedded sound chip in the board uh, that anytime you landed on, you know, community chest, you know... Yeah. I wish, obviously, you know, that's... Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely, it, it definitely looks interesting. I mean, it's just, it, I mean, it's just a monopoly reskin, but it's definitely kind of like one of those little novelty things where you're like, you know, I might buy that as you're pulling out your wallet and sliding your credit card through the machine. Yeah, I mean, I've already, again, I've already pre-ordered it. Uh, it comes out September 15th. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking, you know, looking at the board, yeah... <laughs> Community chest is, it's just simply called treasure chest. The chance, uh, chance spaces are empty bottles. Mm-hmm. And before I even saw the game board, my brother-in-law, Ryan, we and I were like, okay, what properties are going to be Boardwalk and Park Place? And I said, Hyrule Castle is definitely going to be one of them. And then we are like, what about the, uh, what about the, uh, the Temple of Time? They're like, and we're both kind of came to the agreement that, yeah, Temple of Time is probably going to be the, the other one. And sure enough, Temple of Time is where Boardwalk is, and Hyrule Castle is where Park Place is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I like uh, the fact that your, the railroads are different modes of transportation that link... Has to yeah. has to go on through various games like Epona, the King of Red Lions from uh, Wind Waker, uh, the Loftwing. I'm thinking I'm, that's from Skyward Sword. And then you have the Street Train, Street Train, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit Train, Spirit Train. Okay. It's the Spirit Train, and I'm just like, this is going to be so cool. I mean, obviously, if you've played any version of Monopoly, you know the rules. The rules don't change, and yes. It's a cash grab, but I largely play. I largely, I play Monopoly as much as I do collect them because I do like as much as I love playing the standard version. I like the theme versions as well. Mm-hmm. Like I've got both versions of the Nintendo Monopoly because they they released two versions of that. They updated the board on the second one. So and on the Nintendo Monopoly, instead of actual places, they're characters from different Nintendo franchises. Yeah. Um, I have a Doctor Who one that hasn't been opened yet. Uh, so, I mean, I enjoy Monopoly immensely, and I'm going to definitely get this game and play it. Absolutely just love the hell out of it. And the tokens, as you've mentioned, Ron, they look absolutely beautiful. Uh, you, you mentioned them all. Uh, the GameStop... Uh, is going to also include six item power cards for added gameplay. I don't know how those will be incorporated into the game. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, the houses are called Deku Sprouts. The hotels are called Deku Trees. <laughs> which is just really cool. Um, 
there's a, there's gonna there's gonna be an 11 by 17 poster included in the game, and that's you know I'm looking at this and I'm wondering if this is gonna be sold through other retailers, but just the GameStop exclusive will get you the 11 by 17 posters. Uh, the Ocarina of Time is the GameStop exclusive token. Um, yeah, probably. I I have I have no idea if how that's gonna work, but I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I probably won't pick up the Pokemon one. I mean, I'm not a, a huge fan of Pokemon. And, of course, as I mentioned, the Assassin's Creed theme Monopoly is going to be exclusive to Europe. So. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm certainly looking forward to that. That, that. that game releases September 15th, and I do not know. It's probably going to be sold in GameStop stores, but right now uh, you can pre-order it online at the GameStop website. And again... I, I did that as soon as I'm like, well, that's pre-ordered. I, I've never pre-ordered anything so fast in my life through GameStop. It's like, all right. <laughs> I almost never pre-order games, but as soon as I saw that, like, yep, getting it. <laughs> but first I had to look through my bank account. I'm like, do I even have 40 bucks? Yes, I do. All right, good. <laughs> so that's that's coming out. So, yeah. Um, well, we are pretty much winding down here. So, Ron, do you have anything else you want to bring up before we uh, put this to bed? Um, I don't really have anything. All right. So, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts about this episode or any other episode of downloadable content, you can get in touch with us in a variety of ways, facebook.com slash dlcontent. Twitter at DL Content on Tumblr, dlcpodcast.tumblr.com, or through email, dlcontent1 at gmail.com. And as always, episodes can be found on iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a comment, subscribe, give us ideas, just drop by and say hi. You know, we're, we're out here. Somebody will read it. Don't you worry about a thing. So, it remains for me to thank Ron, Ron, and Ron. Mm-hmm. for appearing on this episode and we shall see you next time I'm Brian, have a good one everybody yeah.